Welcome to the Woot and Why NFL podcast, proudly brought to you by William Hill, where you'll find faster, easier betting on the NFL. Now here's your hosts, Root and Y. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Woot and Y Show. I am Josh Y and I'm joined always by my buddy Josh Woot. How are you going, buddy? What's going on? Not much, man. Uh, not as much as you. You were, you went away for the weekend. You went to a place called Orange. Yes, I did. And, yeah, very little orange actually involved in orange. I don't know why they named it orange. I didn't go to depth. I didn't go sightseeing to find out the reasons why. But, yes. Is, uh, my belief is it town. because they it was, like, founded from an orange farm, right? Is that correct? Man, you're know. asking a guy who knows nothing about the place. You went, went there, there. You went there to watch Arj Barker. Yes, I did. You know he played way, in who, Sydney who, metropolitan who, areas, right? Yeah, who led the who led with the joke that he bought a one-way ticket to Australia following the Trump election, <laughs> and he said, "Okay, agent, I want you to buy. I want you to get me as far away from this place. I don't want anything to do with Trump." So the first thing, first gig he he organises a place called Orange, and Arch goes, "Well, I can't escape the guy because even <laughs> Trump is Orange." So funny. What was his best joke apart from that absolute ball buster? No. By the way, that I don't know. The it's joke doesn't sound as way. good on the podcast, no, but more, I imagine it's, it's all the in the way, delivery. It's the more the way he uh, yeah. he delivers one of the jokes that is hilarious. So you, you've got to go see him. He'll right. still be. He'll still be doing the same. This episode brought to you by Arj Barker. Free plug for Arj because he needs it. Yeah, sure he does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you spent uh, you know the last couple of days with a comedian and whatnot. I spent the last twenty four to forty eight hours looking after my dog because she had a tumor removed in her ear. Uh, that was not not very fun. So uh, Harley's all right now, but uh, it was a little bit. You know, I was a bit of a mess dropping her off at the vet, and then when you walk out, you can hear her like crying for me uh very very tough but uh she's all good now so uh you know it's not a bad weekend for a sunday now you, you know you've returned from a comedy show my dogs are right everything's everything's coming it's up in your good. house after a you know a pretty bad week uh in the entire world except yeah, except exactly. for the trump family i mean you have to admit pretty good week for them right Oh man, I don't know. I think I think maybe Trump's wife has got in over her head, considering she, I saw. she you know got she got in this for money, and now she's a bit. <laughs> I yeah. saw her. I saw a very uh, raunchy photo of her. A work colleague was looking at today or yesterday. Uh, yeah, it's very uh, unfirst ladylike. I'll say that, but uh, yeah, well, uh, let's let's talk some football. And before we do that, I just want to mention the Lunar Bowl. If you head to lunarpark.com.au. You can uh, buy tickets to the Lunar Bowl. It's our uh, Super Bowl bash held at Lunar Park, Sydney, the iconic Sydney location for the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll be hosting the event. Hopefully, we'll have some NFL talent joining us to uh, help us 
co-host the event and uh yeah four hours of unlimited beer like do we need to say anything else not really except that billy as we've mentioned just had a baby and essentially by not going you're not supporting (laughs) the father to support a brand new baby yeah brand new spanking brand new baby let oscar yeah you're feeding oscar yeah, essentially, you're putting food on the table for Oscar. So if you don't, you know, if you want babies to die, I mean, don't go. Whatever. Yeah. So uh, help Oscar eat mushy peas and buy tickets to the Lunar Bowl. Is that what kids eat? I don't know. All right, let's talk some football after this break. Hey, Woot, have you heard of Moneyball.com.au? Have I heard of Moneyball.com.au, Australia's first daily fantasy site down under? You've heard of daily fantasy sports in the States. Now, Moneyball has brought it to our shores. With daily NFL contests, it's like a new season every day. If you don't win, don't worry, there is always tomorrow. Moneyball.com.au Thursday Night Football Recap, we'll start with that. Ravens 28, Cleveland 7. I ask you, Joss, I know you were on your way to Orange, so I'm not sure how much of the game you saw. Speaking of Orange, Cleveland in the Orange uniforms. Still stunk. Uh, Actually, they were in all white. But anyway, what did we learn from that game that we didn't already know? From what you saw, did you learn anything from that game? Because I felt like I didn't really learn much at all. No, I watched watched the highlights of it because there wasn't much on TV in Orange. Um... They get TV at Orange? They do, they do. It's, uh, okay. it's not that black, entertaining. Black and white still? Or? <laughs> no, it just reruns as oranges, the new black, that's it. Um, oh! Yeah, that's, I don't know, not, not too much. It's all, I don't know, I was really hoping for something from Cleveland. I mean, you and I both picked them to win by, with a 10, we, 10 start. Yes, but we did save it. It went down to around a touchdown where we would change, and it did on Friday morning. You could have got at least, you could have got seven. Uh, there you go. Yeah, so it moves. So uh, that was uh, that was a good save. You could hit the middles if they won by eight or nine. You would have been cheering. But uh, yeah, seven was it. It moved to it. We knew it was going to move. Literally the next morning, it moved to eight and a half. Yeah, I mean it was gross. No, like they... from what I saw, it was just it was it looked horrible. And then McCown came in and kind of made it worse. Yeah, Terrell Suggs really really played strong in in the second half and got to McCown. Both those picks he got a hand on the ball. For me, look, the the Browns put up a fight in the first half and it took Flacco a lot to get them to at least 6 points. Uh the thing I learned from this game is that their offense is not going to win them football games at all. Uh this season Flacco did not look did not look good at all. We keep asking is Jeff Flacco elite and if you only watched if you only watch him play this year, if you're a new fan to the NFL and you're just watching it this year, you would not think Joe Flacco is a top 20 NFL quarterback right now. He's he's not playing well. He made some really bad decisions. And I feel like it's, you know, we talk about the Geno coaster. I feel like we're on a Flacco coaster this year because the ups are really nice. Like he, he can throw a beautiful deep long ball, but then he just, the downs are just God awful. And it's just, it's not fun to watch uh, their offense, but their defense, you know, it, it could it be enough to carry them to division title? I'm not, I'm not really sure. They're great against the run. I said, I just mentioned Suggs, and you know, they've got a stout interior line there with some really good young players. But uh, the question, the question for me is their secondary against an elite passing attack. Oakland beat them with that, but we haven't seen them play anything. You know, Big Ben wasn't quite right last year, so yeah, I didn't really learn much from that game at all. No. So, I, I don't know. I think we'll just have to wait and see. It, these are the kind of years that if you've got a team like Baltimore do, they have an offense that, you know, doesn't look good. And, I mean, I know they have weapons that, you know, other teams would like to have, but their offense is still 
there's not much besides Flacco. They're still not. They're, they're, no. they're still relied too heavily on 39-year-old Steve Smith, I want to say. 37, yeah, I think, maybe. But, no, yeah, the, guy's, the guy's a 1,000, really. But it, still yeah, killing they've it, got, Yeah, they don't really have much outside of him. And, I mean, Wallace is good for, you know, breaking off every now and then. But besides that, it's just mm. they don't really have anything. Like, so it's a season, like, it's a year like this when you're so limited with the talent you have that you don't want to be going well. And so, like, they're putting themselves in a deeper hole in regards to the draft and things by going better. Mm-hmm. It's just... But then you can... I know look... you, te- you, never, you never want your team to be losing. You never want to see your team lose, but sometimes it's necessary. Yeah, but then you could also look at it this way in that, you know, it doesn't take much to get an offense rolling. And maybe there's a chance that they sneak in the playoffs on the back of this defense. And with John Harbour, who I find is a really good coach, maybe they can turn it on and, and be something... You know, we've seen Joe do it in January. I sound like Matthew Bungard now. You just keep saying that, but maybe they can do something. You, you trust a good team with a good coaching staff. They can get it together. But right now, watching them right now, um, I, it's really weird that they're leading a division like that. Normally, that division's so strong as well. It's a, it's a really weak AFC North this year. I know the Steelers are up and down. I just want to say as well, Jamie Collins was Cleveland's best player. I know you only watched highlights, but he would have been on that, on that highlight reel a lot. Nine tackles, two for a loss and a sack. He was all over the field uh, despite his awful haircut. Have you seen that thing? Nah. He's got like three man buns. It's like, he looks like, you mentioned Orange is the New Black, that crazy chicken, that. (laughs) Not a lot of news going on, but uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reported that uh, Cowboys defensive end Randy Gregory has failed yet another drug test. He was eligible to return from his 14-game suspension next month, and the Cowboys could have done with another pass rusher, but that looks to be on hold. Gregory's facing a year-long suspension. Uh, looks like Gregory will never make an NFL impact again. It, it's it's very similar to Josh Gordon. Yeah, but um, like this is the exact reason he slid, yep. and this is the reason why you don't take risks exactly. on players like this in the draft, and... I mean, it's kind of the opposite thing with Dak Prescott. They found someone in Dak Prescott, which they didn't think they would find, and then they thought they had someone in Randy Gregory that mm. he could stay on the straight and narrow, that'd be terrific, but he never could. So it's just... Yep. The draft is very yeah. much a lottery. There was a report from Peter King this week that the Cowboys passed on Dak Prescott eight different times, and they still managed to land him. So you talk about you know facing your bad luck with your good luck, but you know Randy Gregory, the writing was on the wall. Like Nebraska stopped testing the guy because they knew he would just test positive that's that's a huge red flag and he flushed so flushes so well on tape but obviously if he can't keep it together on the field and look I'm not going to bag the guy if he if he doesn't want to play football he doesn't have to just because fans want him to play and the team needs him doesn't mean that he wants to play like maybe he just doesn't want to play maybe he just doesn't care about football which is fine if he wants to smoke weed every day and not be an NFL player and make millions of dollars that's that's fine that's his decision I'm not going to like lose sleep over it no me like I don't I don't blame anybody for doing anything in regards to, you know, the way their career goes, but, you know, don't, you know, don't straggle fans along and things like that and yeah. say that, you know, you're trying or anything like that when you're exactly. not. That, yeah. that stuff's not. Yeah, right. lying to your teammates and to the fans is one thing, but, like, if it's not like he's told them I don't follow him on Twitter or not what, so I'm not sure if he has promised that, but a lot of Cowboys fans were very, very angry. I found one tweet very funny, a guy I followed, Bobby Belt, TX. 
Uh, he said Jalen Smith has one leg and he has a better shot of playing in the next 10 years more than Randy Gregory. Nice. <laughs> very, very good. Uh, let's move on to uh, Bill Belichick. He's the guru of press conferences. Do you agree? Um, he's great. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if there's a iffy topic, he's the one to handle it. He's great. And uh, he played some sort of Jedi mind tricks or maybe just, you know, being hilariously stubborn, as is a form of a Jedi mind trick. But uh, earlier this week, he swung the election. Basically, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are the reason we have Donald Trump in the White House. Am I right? No, no, I'm not. But it's fun to play on that. A lot of uh, a lot of Australian Pats fans do not like Trump, and it's been fun to jest at them all week with that. But uh, he he obviously caught questions the day after Trump was elected about his letter that he read to Trump, and Trump read the letter, whether Bill Belichick gave him permission or not. But uh, he tried very hard to move the topic to Seattle, and he succeeded. Have a listen to this. Coach, were you uh, happy or annoyed that Trump read the letter? Seattle. Well, your team's always been good at keeping outside distractions on the outside. Given the nature of this presidential race, Seattle. Did you find it? Seattle. Did you find it uh, helpful to talk Seattle. to your players about this? If any of your players talk to you about this, are there Seattle. Any concerns about any locker room rancor as a result of this? Mm-hmm. Next. That is, uh, that's so good. I, I love when Belichick does that. On to Cincinnati has become a cult phrase, and I think Seattle is going to be a, I've really got that down pat, that impersonation, uh, is good. I just think that's just so good. Well, I think that Seattle is a team they're going to play far more in the future regarding, you know, Super Bowls or playoffs or anything like that, so... Maybe this will just be Seattle. Yeah. Seattle. It'll be a thing. For we now. may hear that during our media week a lot, I think. People just yeah. hitting Seattle. Seattle. We might have to click yeah. that and just use it for uh, for the Lunar Bowl party. We may as well. For any time that we move on to Seattle, we'll just say on Seattle. Seattle. If we yeah. can get Bill saying that for every single team, when we just we could just have a variety of... We could uh, easily clip all those press conferences that he's ever had we against could, those teams. I'm sure he says the word. Yeah, we could make a Bill Belichick soundboard. It would soundboard. be great. Um, nice. I'm working on Chuck Pagano bingo, Bill Belichick soundboard. You know, everything's coming up. Millhouse. I've said that twice now, but it is. It's great. All right, Weed Webster. <laughs> you got to get out of here. This is crazy. You're so weird. No. <laughs> You're really weird. You're so weird. All right, this weird web story is from Jeremy Bergman uh, from NFL.com. It's titled, William Hayes Still Doesn't Believe in Dinosaurs. So this is a story. I'm going to play some more audio for you. That's right, I worked hard this. I worked hard today clipping some audio. Uh, he said, you can throw all the bones and fossils, all the facts and evidence that you want at Rams defensive end William Hayes, and his answer will be the same. Dinosaurs are not real. Hayes' fascinating disbelief in the existence of scaled creatures from the Triassic, Jurassic, and Cretaceous periods of this Earth uh, was well documented during this year's edition of Hard Knocks. If you remember Hard Knocks, he mentioned dinosaurs quite a bit. But despite months of uh, you know people scoffing at him from the show, Hayes remains steadfast as the nation's most high-profile dinosaur truther. And Jimmy Kimmel tried his best to try and sway... Hayes, but then eventually just caved and tried to understand Hayes' logic during a trip to the Natural History Museum of Los Angeles. And, uh, well, just listen to yourself. Look at that. This doesn't move you in any way? Absolutely not. 
So what do you think these are? Like clay. If Daniel has pictures, will you believe? Will Absolutely you be... not. No. So you think he's... he's this whoever whoever Daniel did those dinosaurs, I would probably put them there. You think somebody planted the bones yes. under the ground? And they knew exactly where to go get them from. So are birds dinosaurs? Birds are dinosaurs. Yeah. Who made that rule up? When we looked at the fossils, we No, no, not we. Y'all yeah. looked at the fossils. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Not, Hell not no. us. Yeah. I don't want no fossils. You yeah. and your friends... That are involved in this conspiracy. Yeah. And so, but that's like it could be a unicorn though, with the thing sticking out his nose. You believe in unicorns? I do now. Is he a <laughs> we have our centerpiece, which is the. <laughs> <sighs> that's so good. I love. I, I like William Hayes. I think he's funny. He's a good player too. But uh, dinosaurs, I think we're firmly in the we believe in dinosaurs stuff. But is there anything you're really skeptical about out there? No, not really. I mean, I'm skeptical of people. Uh, that voted Trump, that's a bit mind-boggling at the moment because he doesn't believe in global warming. So, I mean... <laughs> well, I don't know where, about you, but it was, pretty, it was pretty hot today, man. So, Mate, it was ridiculous. Think about Orange. It was just insane. It, yeah. Last night was so bloody hot. Yeah, it was just... What, in no aircon at Orange or... Ceiling um, fans? What's what's the going on? Yeah, there was a ceiling fan, but and and it was raining. And it was still bloody hot. We had like the window open, and Man, it was just that happened. Crazy. That happened when I like was in Darwin for the week. Like I got back, and Emma's like, "Do you go to the gym when you're out there?" And I was like, "I walk down the street." That like that's enough. Like so, yeah, I shed fifteen so, kilos in water yeah, weight. Yeah, so hot. Like I drank like three liters a day and didn't have to go to the toilet. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the week Ted lights. This week's NFL lines are brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. All right, so a wonderful Week 10 slate of games. Actually, uh, yeah, some good games. Not that good. Primetime game looking good, Seattle-New England. But let's start in Tennessee. The Green Bay Packers minus three at $2. Take on the Tennessee Titans plus three at $1.83. Your initial thoughts on this game? It's 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 amazing that... This is the line. Like you, you think at the start of the season, you just think Green Bay should roll through these games, and like yeah, we, when you try to predict what games they'll win and what are shoe ins and things like that, and you just think, oh, you know, week ten at Tennessee, that's a win, and then then it gets to this point in the season, you're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, it's uh, it is crazy, and you know, we had a lot of bets where the Packers getting double-digit wins was just like the first leg of so many multis and parlays. It was just ridiculous. And it's it's normally a safe bet, and it's it rings true. Like the Packers, they're 4-4 four and four at the moment. They've never been under .500 through the first nine games since 2008 when they were 4-5, and five, but that was Rogers' first year as a starter. So not since Rogers were a rookie were they in this bad of a predicament. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm struggling already just to think about it's, it because I I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna back Green Bay and think I'd be silly not to and then Tennessee are just gonna walk all over it or something I don't is, know it is hard to pick against Green Bay even though they played awful last week against the Colts like the Colts defense had their way with them despite Luck's early picks and you know Marcus Mariota has been playing well the last month he's probably been playing better than Aaron Rodgers has. The last month, but then you also look on the other side of the ball. The Titans have watched, you know, Luck, Kessler, and Bortles throw for three hundred plus yards in consecutive games. But and then Rivers last week probably would have gotten there, but Melvin Gordon was just running all over them. So 
you know, the the offense is there for the Titans, but the defense, you know, it's just it's just not there. Like the Titans have scored at least twenty six points their last five games, but they're leaking more points, so it's just really hard. So when you see Kessler and Bortles throwing for three hundred plus yards, you, you fully expect Rogers, who's been having like forty plus attempts every week because they have no run game to do the same. So I know they're on the road, but they're coming off they're coming off a loss. So I think I'm leaning towards I'm leaning towards Green Bay. Yeah, me too. And I think I'm under the like I'm under the thought process that I'd still if I'm if I can't decide between two teams for various reasons and Green Bay, I just I don't care who they're playing each and every week. It's always just a head scratcher because you never know that everything might gel. Just one week, everything might just gel and they, yeah. you know, thrash someone. But I'd rather go with Aaron Rodgers and what he's been known to do rather than going with the unknown and the defense that Tennessee has been showing lately. Yeah, and they need to generate some pressure. Like if they if Arakpo and and Co can't generate some pass rush, then Rodgers will have all day and he'll just he'll just pick them apart. So. Um, in a, and you, it's tough to see Tennessee running the ball. Like Green Bay still have a pretty good uh, run defense, still number one in the NFL. So, yeah, I, I think Green Bay minus three, and it's at $2, so you're getting even money for it. It's not bad. If they'd won last week, I'd probably lean more towards Tennessee, but coming off a loss, I think they'll be more fired up because they said all week that they weren't quite in the, I don't know, Rogers said the mood in the camp last week was very weird, so I think they'll be turning that around. Um, nice. Minnesota plus two and a half on the road at a dollar ninety one, taking on the Washington professional football team minus two and a half at a dollar ninety one. Minnesota in a slump at the moment, and Washington, despite starting the season very terribly, have started to get a little bit of a roll on, despite having uh you know the draw or the tie in London. But uh, this is you know a high powered offense against the a strong defense, and then this is another chance for Minnesota to to get their uh, their offense rolling because the Redskins' defense uh, is leaking yardage and is uh, you know quite easy to pass on. Yeah, this Minnesota team has got so many question marks. I don't know if their defense is. I'm not sure if they were outperforming. I mean, I know they 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 are a good unit and they are obviously one of the better units in the NFL, but. Yep. I think everyone was saying maybe they're just the elite unit and they'll carry them the whole way kind of thing. But there was, there's been signs in the last couple of months that they're just, you know, there are some still big weaknesses there. And I mean, they have had some injuries, but, and things like that. But at the same time, you just think, I'm not sure how they're going to be able to hold up if this offense still continues to stutter and the defense is always out there and things like that, which I do, I do think that's, they still will struggle. I don't think that, um, I think they still lack something. I'm not sure what it is because Rudolph is a decent tight end and they have Stefan Diggs who, you know, can stretch the field and they, you know, they have pieces there, but I'm not sure if they're, I don't know if the cohesion's there to just put it all together against Mm. Washington. Washington are a weird team and they can, they may, they'll have stretches where their defense, you know, just looks so easy to pass on and that they can give up yards any given play and then they'll Mm. come out and just stifle the defense because I'll just Minnesota may target the wrong aspect of their defense and they'll just they'll come away with a lucky interception and then with Kirk Cousins you never know what you're going to get exactly. you just absolutely never know what you're going to get and he may come out and just everyone will be like see that's why they they risked everything with this guy or you can see him coming out and doing exactly what he's done many times and they think what the hell were they thinking yeah. when they... It, it's a mystery box every week with Kirk Cousins on what you're going to get. But we'll say this, the last three games, their offense has 
put up 493, 413, and 546 yards. So they're putting up a ton of yards. Uh, you, we mentioned the Vikings' defense. You know, they let Stafford score, you know, with 23 seconds left and uh, we'll kick a field goal or get into field goal range with no timeouts. But they did hold Detroit under 300 yards until overtime um, last week. So they did still put up, you know, pretty good display against the high-powered offense. But Eric Kendricks also returns this week, which will be huge in his matchup, in their matchup with Jordan Reed, who's, you know, the funnel for this offense. But it's really, really hard to, to pick this game. I can see Washington winning by double digits, but then I can see them just getting pummeled and, and not shut out. But I can see the Vikings finally clicking things back into gear. Um, both teams are 5-3 and three against the spread, The Vikings, although the Vikings were 5-0 and oh and have dropped three sta- straight. And the Redskins, sort of the opposite. They started 0-2 and, and have gone 5-1 and one since. So... Something's going to give here. I I don't know what to do. I I'm probably leaning Minnesota here at plus two and a half for me. I think I'm leaning the other way. I think I'm going to go home team. I think that they have. I don't know. Washington have too many outlets. They just have too many ways to go about it. Their wide receivers, they have tons of them. And then they have Jordan Reed, who even if Kendricks is back, Reed's just an elite option. So he is good. I think they have that. And then when it comes to the running back. Fat they Rob. have, yeah, they've just, I don't know, I don't know. It's interesting. He's better so, than Matt, he's know. better than Matt Jones, Fat Rob. <laughs> he is, he is. But at the same time, like they have exceeded expectations in the running game to me. Yeah. I thought they, I thought they were gonna, you know, struggle um, this season, and they haven't exactly been prolific, but they have, you know, performed far better than I thought they were going to be able to. Yep. Chicago minus two and a half at a dollar ninety one. Tampa Bay at home plus two and a half at a dollar ninety one. Doug Martin still a question mark. He's a game time decision. Uh, they'll really be hoping that he can play because they're running out of running backs. I think Peyton Barber and Mike James are the only other two running backs on the roster at this point. So, you know, if something goes wrong, you may see some snaps at running back for someone like Adam Humphreys at some point. Um, if anything disastrous happens, but uh, that's the case with the Tampa Bay run game. Chicago obviously Jay Cutler is. Is at the helm at quarterback. Uh, it's a it's a, a game that I don't really want to watch. I don't really care, even though I have fantasy players in the game, and so do yourself. But you know the Bears haven't won on the road. They're zero and four this year, and the Bucks can't win at home. They've got six straight losses dating back to last season. So something's got to something's got to give. But uh, one thing to note: Chicago have won seven of its past ten games following a bye. So. Uh, the bye week's come at a good time as well because Eddie Royal, Josh Shitton, and Kyle Long will be coming back off injury and Mike Evans has cleared the concussion protocol. So looking at all those trends and all those facts, I, I like Chicago here. I don't know why they're favorite though, minus two and a half. That's really, really interesting. I haven't liked what I've seen out of Jameis Winston this year. Like I know he's been hitting Mike Evans and, and things like that, but he's also missed plenty. He's left plenty out there on the field. Yeah, no, I agree. I Pretty much feel the exact same way. I think the I think the line is pretty pretty okay. I think that's where it should be. I think Tampa Tampa's done nothing. Tampa yeah. hasn't done anything to. And Chicago's records know. not like as bad as the team they are. Oh no, definitely not. And they've they've God they've struggled with some injuries. And I think I don't know Tampa just Tampa definitely needs something else on offense. They're struggling. The running running back situation is dire at the moment, and that could be a real thorn in their side. They can. I think Chicago can easily just, you know, try to. There'll be a lot of co- coverage stacks because I think the whole the whole running back situation is gonna, you know, c- 
kind of just pigeonhole the way Tampa's going to have to attack Chicago. And I mean, that doesn't exactly bode well for Chicago's secondary either, because I think that this, the long board of Mike Evans is going to continue. But yep. I, I see Jake smoking Jay Cuddy coming out of this pretty okay. I Follow- think He'll be all right. By the way, uh, Jay Cutler, the press conference this week, just comes straight out off the bat. Everyone's mourning. Everyone's upset. Everyone's trying to dodge bullets. We had Bill Belichick saying Seattle and Tom Brady, you know, being more evasive in the press conference than he is in a pocket about Tom Brady, uh, about Donald Trump. Jay Cutler just comes out and he's like, yeah, I like Donald Trump. Glad he got in. Just doesn't give, just doesn't give a f- at all. He Mate. just doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. I mean, I don't think he's... His, um, he's the public opinion, yeah, exactly. It couldn't be lower, so he's just like, whatever. Well, I'm chips in. Like, Chicago hates me already. Like, what does it matter? Which is, yeah. and it's funny because he played in the, in the state where literally every single suburb voted Hillary in Chicago. The whole state was blue. Um, so not one. <laughs> just does not care at all. I love that attitude. Don't agree I love with, that attitude. I don't, don't agree like with it. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I uh, appreciate it. It was very, very funny. But uh, I think Jordan Howard's going to be the star. We talk about Jay Cutler, but Jordan Howard against the Bucks' 29th ranked run defense. I think they can run the ball, control the clock, and uh, scrape out a sneaky win here. Tampa Bay will have to wait one more or maybe a couple more games for a home win this season. Moving on to this game is really interesting. Uh, Kansas City getting a lot of buzz and a lot of hype, but still sort of flying under the radar. But a win here would really put them into that, uh, you know, they're knocking on the door of our good team tier during our uh, podcast during the week, but they're on the road, plus three to $1.91. Carolina, they need a win to get back on track here. They need to go on a run, and, and it, this this is a crucial game for them, minus three at $1.91. The line is a bit confusing because I think Kansas City's a much better team at this point, and Carolina have been underperforming, but uh, they are at home, but uh, the line was a little bit confusing for me. Yeah, no, definitely. The fact that you get a field goal for Kansas City, give me that. Yeah. Give me that. I'm straight on that as well. I mean, I wish it was a little bit more. That'd be really juicy. Three and a half, uh, you're just playing with house money there. Yeah, exactly. No, I I really like that. I like, I mean, I really, I I think Kansas City will just win. If it was the money line, I I like that. So, um, Kansas City, I, I really wish that was the team that you could just, like, I had enough guts to bet money on. That's why probably the the bookies will make so much money out of Kansas City, I guess. That yeah, yeah, I think they just they, they don't just, strike they you always with confidence. Fly under the radar. They always win and they always fly under the radar and no one ever expects them to do any well. Which is there's no reason why anybody shouldn't be expecting them to do well. They do it all the time. Yep. No matter how they're playing, they always play the same style. Yep. They always grind out wins and they never look like they should win, but they always do. It's just That's frustrating. Right. And they get, but yeah, I think. Okay. So they get Alex Smith, Spencer Ware, Jeremy Macklin, and Justin Houston back this week. Although Macklin's questionable, so plenty of stars back as well this week. Like they just come off a win against Jacksonville with Nick Foles at quarterback. Yeah, and see, Alex Smith is the kind of quarterback that you know he won't, he's not going to make errors. And then in this, like this is the defense that there'll be one area to exploit, and he'll just consistently go there, and you'll know what he'll be doing, and he'll play super safe and always target that area of weakness and just grind away the win. They won't win by much, but they'll just grind it away. Exactly, and that's going to have to be the case. I think you mentioned Alex Smith finding that weakness and exploiting it because it's going to it's going to come down to Alex Smith because he has to he has to beat them with the aerial attack because the Panthers' run defense is is stout. Uh, they're, they're very stingy 
against the run. They're only allowing 3.3 yards of carry a game. Uh, yeah, 3.3 yards of carry at the, at the season, 77.5 yards per game at this point. So it's uh, it's up to Alex Smith to carry them. And against his secondary, I think he can do it. And I really love now Justin Houston. And D Ford's playing really well. And Tumba Harley against the Panthers' tackles, they're, they're losing, they've lost two offensive linemen, still missing Michael Orr. I feel like Cam's going to be under pressure a lot. He's been hit... Uh, He's been hit more, I'm trying to remember the stat, but he's on pace to nearly double his 2015 hits from last season uh, already this season. So he's going to finish the year, probably double it. And they haven't beat a winning team all season, the, the Panthers. So give me the Chiefs, you know, win at home or away at this point. Plus, sorry, I think uh, we both agree with that one. Uh, moving yeah. on, this game is probably the pick of the early game slate. Atlanta minus one at $1.87. Traveling to Philadelphia, the Bird Bowl, the Eagles and Falcons that... Eagles are plus one at a dollar ninety five. Now this is a matchup that's uh, interesting. You, the Eagles are still the number one team in DVOA on Football Outsiders, despite being four and four. And it's it's credit to how weird this season is that they're the worst team at this point, the worst record to be the number one team in DVOA history. So it's a bit of a topsy turvy season, and uh, I can see any team winning this game. It's it's going to be tough to to figure this out because you've got that high flying Falcons. Offense, but the Eagles' defense has been very, very good this season. Yeah, um, I do. I think. I mean, I like Atlanta. I think Atlanta are killing it. But this is just one of those games where I think Philly are going to edge away. I they just think they're going to gonna, they're going to find somewhere. I, I'm not so much. I think the make or break game has already passed. To be honest, I yep. think. I think last week they had they had to win against New York, and I mean. They're not mathematically out, of course they're not, but at the same time, a lot of things have to go their way. And I think that, but I still think that this game is just one of those games where they can just edge it out by a little bit. I'm not saying, like, it, it's not going to shock anyone if Atlanta come out and win by 20. It's not going to shock anyone. You can see it going either way, really. But, yeah, I don't know. Something that Philly back at home after two division away games is going to be such a welcomed thing for the Eagles. I think this is, it's you know, it's going to be a pumped up atmosphere. Yep, and they played really, really well at home. They haven't given up 30 points all season and they're averaging just 7.6 uh, points per game at home. So, so it's, that's crazy. 7.6, 7.6 points per game at home is just absolutely nuts. I, I would, you know, as a team that's had terrible defense for a decade, a dream of that number. That's that's amazing. But then the NFL's top scoring offense is the Falcons. They're averaging thirty three point nine points per game. So you you look at that, and then you look at this, and uh, it, it just dreams of a, a really blow for blow battle here, where it's just point for point and and drive after drive to see who can really uh, really do it. I, I really want to see how Matt Ryan plays against you know Fletcher Cox and and Benny Logan. I think's back. So. That run game is going to struggle a little bit more from Atlanta, so it's going to be on uh, Matty Ryan's back to improve his MVP candidacy. If he can go into Philly and win against this defense with an impressive showing, I think that puts him further ahead in the MVP race. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say further ahead. I just think it puts him in good stead. It's still there's still so far to go. Oh, absolutely, still so far to yep. go. So, so we saw we saw like how quickly someone can fall off last season. So I mean. Yep, and we'll good for the uh, good for the Eagles is Desmond Trufant's out as well for the Falcons, arguably their best player on the secondary. But you know, the the Falcons' defense has improved 
a lot with eight starters are having uh, grades above 75 in, in pro football focus. So that's a huge improvement on last year. So they've still got pieces there, but missing their number one corner. If only you had a receiver that could actually make a difference. Like you, you really need to draft some receivers, right? Yep. Maybe that extra pick from Minnesota next year. Uh, uh, Los yeah, Angeles. I still, plus... think, I still think Jeffrey would have been terrific. <laughs> damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Uh, you never know. Los Angeles plus one and a half at a dollar ninety one. On the road, New York Jets minus one and a half at a dollar ninety one. Uh over under three and a half points in this game. <laughs> Seriously. Funny. Um Chris Burke from Sports Illustrated does previews every week. He predicted the score to be three nil. No joke. Might be. Yeah, loved it. Like that's some real onion hanging there from uh, from. You watch it, it'll be some. It'll, it'll, oh, it'll be probably some. be like forty-five to thirty. Yeah, we're expecting a defensive slog, but uh, it'll end up being something completely different. But you look at these two teams, very similar in philosophy and personnel. They're uh, getting dragged down by core, by poor quarterback play, and they're averaging just crap points per game. That the Rams are the league worst, sixteen point three points per game, and the Jets are 27th at 19.2. And then now you look at the Jets, Fitzpatrick's got a knee injury, but he's planning to play. But then Nick Mangold's out, uh, Ryan Clady is out, So he has, and it's already a terrible offensive line. And then you have Aaron Donald, William Hayes, Mr. Dinosaur Man himself, and Robert Quinn all in good form. Ryan Fitzpatrick may die on the field. <laughs> yeah, he might. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was gonna comment something awful then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. I was trying to. Uh, no, no, nothing nasty. I was trying to. It was awful, as in bad joke. I was trying to merge something to do with Fitzpatrick and dinosaur. Anyway, the uh, shouldn't have explained it. Anyway, <laughs> no, no, carry I, on. <laughs> this is the typical game where you get crap about golf all week, and then Jeff Fisher comes out. And he he will win with whatever he has and say, see, we don't need golf. Yep. It's just that typical game and it's got it written all over it. Yep. I think it, it's one of those games as well where it's set up to be exactly that. Yeah. Just this defensive grind that he will grind out and say, see, we don't need anything. Yep. Just let me do what I do. Exactly. And the play, really, the when I look at this matchup, the, the thing I can see being the difference is... Case Keenum hitting like Kenny Britt or Brian Quick on a like a broken coverage because the Jets secondary is just awful and that's the only thing I can really see. Whereas I look at the other side, the Rams secondary, despite losing some players, are actually playing playing really really well. Um, their their defense like they kept Cam Newton and the Panthers to like ten or thirteen points last week. So now you're facing Fitzpatrick behind a terrible offensive line. That the only thing I can really see is Case Keenum like delivering just a long bomb and winning this game like ten three, and then you're like, "Yep, you're right. You're exactly right, Josh." Well, we don't need Jared Goff. Yeah. Yep. So I'm, I take it you're taking LA then. I am taking LA. Yes, despite your love of the Jets. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta understand. You gotta, you know, realize when crap is crap. Yeah. Remember when you had a Jets phase? It's fine. I, I get it. All right. Uh, Denver plus three, dollar eighty three, coming off an embarrassing Sunday night football loss. Travel down to New Orleans, minus three at two dollars. Now this is a dangerous, dangerous game for Denver. And who would have thought, like four weeks ago, that New Orleans would be favored against the Super Bowl champions? Yeah, no, nah, it is insane. But uh, that is. I already correct. have a pick for this game. I already know where I'm going. All right, give me the sell. I'm I'm going Denver. I oh just wow! Think, 
So I think even though New Orleans is at home and New Orleans, they generally, you know, that's the place that they thrive and they have kind of bucked the trend a little bit this year. They have been performing uh, far better away from home than they have in previous seasons. But um, home is still the place that they absolutely dominate. But I think looking at all these teams that they've come up against, they, all the other teams when they've been playing at home have also just been putting up stacks of points. So when, so this, even though, you know, you've got, hang on, I'm, I'm trying to go back here on the fly. Um, Seattle played in, in, in the Superdome a yeah. couple of weeks ago. Is that where you're going? No, 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 no. So Seattle, even Seattle probably had the lowest total recently, but then I think I'm not going to go back. I'm just going to yabber on the, yeah. um, keep yabbering, buddy. Keep yabbering. If, if it's going to take anything to get an offense started again, it's going up against the New Orleans defense. There's just there's just nothing there. And when it comes down to it's going to, it probably most likely will be a shootout. But this defense of Denver's, I just think is going to, I think it's just going to help him cross the line. I just, I really do. I think this, mm. I think Breeze is going to come into it thinking that he has it his own way completely. And I think this is the. This is the the place to get this um, offensive Denver going. I really do. I yeah. think it's. In a, I think they're in a good spot. I think they're in a really good spot, yeah. Denver. And I think they're going to be underestimated severely. Yep, I I agree with everything you said, and but I'm still taking New Orleans. I just and I am really worried about Denver coming off a loss because I know they're a team that you know runs through emotions a lot, and when they're backed up against the wall. That defense led by Von Miller, uh, you know, caused havoc and and proved to everybody when they're, you know, they were doubted so many times last year and so many people picked against them and they proved everybody wrong. And this feels very much like that game and it probably will end up being that game. But I've just lost faith in Trevor Simeon. I just, this is a real test for him. And like he needs to match the Saints and Drew Brees and this offense with some points and make some plays on offense and actually win win them a ball game for once because I think the defense will do its part, but I just think you can only do so much against Breeze, who's playing really, really well right now. And Michael Thomas, your boy, is just, he's killing it, man. If it weren't for Zeke, he, he would be in the, you know, Rookie of the Year award can't like battle right now with, with Dak and Carson because he's playing that good. He He's just, he's already the number one receiver. I don't but, understand... One thing I never understood was I, I always just put it down to like scouts know more than us and things like that. Just when it comes to the draft process, because yep. you know they do. I'm not saying I'm a scout or we're scouts or whatever. But just like even just watching the tape and things, you always just saw this guy was an absolute freak. And just looking at all the stuff he did, you just thought he does everything so well. Yep. Why the hell are these other wide receivers like not just one or two? There was you know. No, wait, how many How many did go above him? Three or four? Stacks. Like, so, uh, I would have taken him over Will Fuller. You can't tell me that he's wouldn't. I know, yeah, Will, like, I know Will Fuller's been fine for Texan, for the Texans, but Michael Thomas is a superstar, like in the making. Yeah, it was just insane. And the whole time I just thought, like, how are these guys going above him? Like, he has the size, he has the speed. And then, like, you, I know there's probably, there's so much room for, you know, um, like opportunity when it comes to say Treadwell and things like that, you just yeah. don't know yet. Same with Corey Coleman. Don't know yeah. exactly. You just don't know yet, and we're probably jumping the gun. But mate, come yeah. on, uh, he although, had everything. He yeah. had everything. People missed it. Yeah. Although if you put Coleman or Treadwell in with Drew Brees, like you just really don't know. It's it's the perfect offense to be a part of. But 
Yeah, and I just he's like know, a faster Colston clone. It's just great. It's crazy, it's exactly what they needed. Yeah, but you you line him, Sneed, Brandon Cooks, and even like Josh Hill, Kobe Fleener out there. It's tough to for the Broncos. It's without, hilarious because they Tlaib. didn't need him. Pardon? It's hilarious because the Saints didn't need him. Yeah, they didn't. But you can't. They pass really him. didn't need him, and then they just went. Well, I can't believe you all missed him. Yeah, so so we'll, ta- we'll take him. But yeah, I, I'm yeah. I'm taking the Saints for that reason. I just. I've lost faith in Trevor Simeon. I you know, I think like if they win this game, it's Trevor. It's the Trevor Simeon bounce back game, and they prove it wrong because I don't think as good as Denver's defense are. Like I think you can't hold them to less than twenty points in the Superdome. So I I've lost faith in Simeon to score more than twenty points. So we'll wait and see if he can do that. Um, but you're right against more this, than twenty points against the Saints. Yeah. I still, I, I don't know. I know. Jeez, but the Raiders' geez, defense boy. wasn't, the Raiders' defense isn't that good, and Simeon couldn't do it, so. I think Raiders' defense is, uh. Plus, they can't run the ball as good as they could anymore. CJ Anderson's a huge loss, so I, I just, I don't know. I'm a bit worried about Denver. I hope they prove me wrong. I, I really do, because I like Denver, and I think we're going to see a lot more Adam Gotsis in this game with Derek Wolf out, too. We didn't even mention that. This is the game he gets his first sack, Josh. This is the game. I... This Imagine your first sack is against Drew Brees. It's all right. That'd be good. Adam Gotsis could literally eat Drew Brees, but anyway. Uh, Houston plus two and a half at a dollar ninety-one. Jacksonville minus two and a half at a dollar ninety-one. Just talked about an absolute blockbuster game, but this one might be even bigger, Josh. Might be huge, mate. Huge, huge AFC Super South excited. blockbuster. Uh, it's a it's a huge game. Uh, I just don't know where to go with this. The uh, the Jags are. Two and six straight up, three, four, and one against the spread. The Texans are terrible on the road. They're zero and three, and they're outscored. They've been outscored eighty-five to twenty-two on the road. But I'll say this: they played Minnesota, New England, and and Denver, so not the best schedule. But you know, the Jags showed a little something last week against the Chiefs offensively, in that they found something in Chris. They finally used Chris Ivory. Fancy that, like. You just gotta say this. You just paid him this money. You bought him. Hey, why don't we use a free agent that we just bought in for like five million dollars? Maybe that's an idea. The human wrecking ball. They found out that they (laughs) they they found where they put him. Yeah. And yeah, no, I I don't. I never want to back Houston away from home. Like I mean, they're not good at home now, but they're just not good away from home, especially. I I don't know. Nothing. Nothing is enticing me towards Houston whatsoever. I, you know what? There's not that much grabbing me for Jacksonville, but I still like Jacksonville far more. I think they still have the pieces there. It's just, I don't know, if Bortles gets confidence or something, they could really get on a roll. Yeah, I talked about how good the, uh, you know, the Eagles, you know, being the four and four, you know, the worst team to ever rank number one in mid-season DVOA, but the Texans, Five and three Texans are the worst team in DVOA to ever have a winning record at mid-season. So, you know, very two different ends of the tape there. You know, Houston and Philly looking at it. One team's four and four and last in the division. One team's winning the division at five and three. But I think Philly would destroy Houston. Oh, absolutely. They would maul them. And I think <laughs> I think Jacksonville will, will do that. I think they'll win. Uh, I think, yeah, I think they'll win straight up, to be honest. But I'm taking the, I'll, they are minus two and a half favorites. So we are taking them. Uh, Sorry, I thought they were underdogs, but they are favourites. So, you know, hopefully, Doesn't matter. hopefully they win Doesn't by more matter. than three. But I think they will win, and uh, it just opens that window a little bit for my Colts uh, on the bye to get healthy and win that division and then keep Chuck Pagano for another four years, and I'm going to sob into my cereal on Monday morning. Uh, all right, nice. Miami plus... Barlow cereal. My, yeah. uh, absolutely, of course. Man, I'd love... Man, if we could get sponsored by Barlow cereal, that would be the dream. 
Uh, all right, Miami. This this game I'm really excited to watch. Miami plus four at a dollar ninety five on the road. San Diego minus four at a dollar eighty seven. Now this is a game where these two teams are on a bit of a roll, three game win streaks. Miami can if Miami can win this game, they're a sneaky wild card candidate and someone to keep an eye so on. So weird. It is crazy when you think about it. And then for San Diego, you know they're fourth in the division and they're the best like four and five team in NFL history at this point. They're just Amazing. They're fun to watch. Melvin Gordon and Jay Ajayi are just killing it right now. Two second-year players on the up-and-up. And they're finally going to meet in this game, well, not on the field at the same time, but uh, it's this game's got a lot of storylines and a lot of uh, a lot of a lot at stake. If uh, the Chargers lose, their uh, playoff chances, according to Football Outsiders, drop to 6%. 6%. If you they, know what? That's huge. They're, prob- they're probably loving those odds. Because that's the kind of odds that they put Yeah, if they probably. had a 90% chance, they'd lose it. <laughs> exactly. They'd probably be like, yes. 6%, um, yeah. Mike McCoy loves it. I don't it. know. This, this game is weird to me. It's one of those games where I just know I'm going to get wrong no matter yeah. who I pick. <laughs> it, it, nothing, nothing goes right for me when it comes down to this. Um, I kind of want us to both pick Miami so that we can be wrong, so the Chargers can keep rolling along, team of the podcast. Yeah. Plus, there's a possibility that because they're, you know, you're getting points that you could still get both where San Diego win by one or three because, you know, you know San Diego are going to be down by seven with or down by four with two minutes left and Phillip Rivers is going to just win them the game. That's just been the game script for them all season. So a part of me wants to go down that path, but a part of me doesn't want to sway you either. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like the four. It's a weird. The four, the four isn't nice. The it's, weird Vegas zone. It's uh. Here's some numbers that might sway you. Miami are minus three on the road this season, and they're actually zero and six in four p.m. games across the last three seasons. In, oh, that's done, San Diego. <laughs> including a thirty to fourteen loss in San Diego last year. So the form's there, Thanks, but uh, Thanks, mate. you're taking it. You did it. You take give, me, give me the give me the charges. Yeah. And the charges are forced to turnover in all nine of their games this year and have six multi turnover outings. So Ryan Tannehill might uh, have a turnover in him. I'm gonna jinx the jinx the Dolphins and take him. There we go. You're a, you're a real jerk. I'm a real hero, man. I'm t- I'm lo- I'm sacrificing a pick so San Diego can march on and my uh, San Diego to make the AFC Championship game bet lives on. Uh, Dallas nice. plus two and a half at a dollar ninety five. On the road, Pittsburgh minus two and a half at a dollar eighty-seven. Before we discuss the game, does that line surprise you or not? Um, slightly, it does because you know obviously the role that Dallas has been on. But I don't know. It's I think it's just the inclusion of Big Ben and how yep. you know just what a different <laughs> difference he is obviously compared to what they've been dealing with. I guess exactly like um, like the Steelers last week. Wouldn't all the all the Steelers that played Miami, all the Steelers that played the Philly, that played the Philly, the played the Philly, just, that played Philly, they won't beat Dallas. But the Steelers on paper and what they can be could beat the Cowboys at home. And you look at Big Ben at home, sixty-seven and twenty-one. In, you know when he plays in Pittsburgh, so that's a huge difference to him. Uh, you know, at home, and you look at his splits at home compared to away, it's, it's massive. And then you've got the Cowboys without Morris Claiborne and Barry Church. And I think, you know, they were very conservative play calling last week. I think they'll open up the playbook a lot more and uh, get Big Ben firing at the Cowboys. So I think this will be a totally different Steelers team. Me too. And I think, I think the way the line is, is the bookies are just 
begging you to take Dallas part two. Yeah, it's a weird, weird line. I, I just want to grab popcorn and watch this game. Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, two of the best three running backs in the NFL just going at it. There's some. I feel like I'm going to split screen the Dolphins and Chargers and Cowboys and Steelers and just watch four amazing running backs in a passing era. Which is so weird. It is weird. On, but two, on two, two, two teams, four great running backs. Yeah, and weird. it's, uh, it's four, you think, four teams with four great running backs. Do you think Romo is just... He, he won't be active, ready, apparently. No, do you think he's ready to be back, but they're just really going slow with him? I think, or they're, just I like... think they're being conservative. I think this is a, a real test for Dak Prescott, because if the Steelers you know, put up points, and we know they can, and look, the Cowboys haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher or a 100-yard receiver this year, so all the talk about their offense, their defense has actually played a lot better. Than, you know, They've probably overachieved a little bit based on the, you know, the injuries that they had and suspensions and whatnot and the quality of their talent, but... This is a test for Zeke uh, for Dak because if the Steelers get up to a lead and he actually actually has to you know not game manage and actually really pass and and get back into that game, this is a totally different story. I know he did it against the Eagles a couple of weeks ago, but this is another test where if he doesn't, I think maybe we could see Romo in a few weeks. Give me Pittsburgh, just because I think the way the line is is that it's begging you to take Dallas, but I'm taking they know something. I'm taking the Steelers as well. I think uh, at home different team and I think Cowboys are due a loss I think uh, all the momentum swinging towards Dallas it just feels like a, a weird game where Pittsburgh just show up after terrible game and do it they just do that all the time all right yeah. moving saying on. that you wouldn't be surprised that if Dallas wins by two touchdowns no because their offensive line is huge did you the meme about the uh, wall in Texas yes yeah yes, I have so so good so so good that's one good thing about Trump is there's just going to be so much content and quality and memes and comedy for the next four years. I know. Yeah, I'm sure it'll. I'm sure it'll get out. I know, yeah, true. I know our global economy and the state of America is no laughing matter, but you know you got to look at the uh, silver lining. Moving on, this game we don't require too much analysis. San Francisco traveling to Arizona. The line's fourteen. Pick them at a dollar ninety-one there for that price. I'll just say two words: David Johnson. That's all I'm going to say. Arizona. Yeah, give me San Fran. Really? Plus 14 against the division rival is insane. Okay, I'll take Arizona. And David Johnson's going to run for 375 yards. I'm sure he'll kill it, but 14. It's a lot. It is a lot, but Arizona. 14. I feel like you're just throwing money away. All right. Arizona has struggled. I know, but they've had a bye and got healthy and David Johnson. They they won by 12 last time with Drew Stanton playing quarterback. Oh, mate, who says Carson Palmer's any better? Ooh. playing bad. Oh, uh, right. boy. All right. Oh, boy. Shots fired. Massive shots. He's uh, he's not as bad as Stanton, but he is yeah. not playing well. He's a redhead, though. He can handle your heat. Seattle plus seven and a half at a dollar eighty-three. New England minus seven and a half at two dollars for two dollars. New England minus seven and a half. This is the You Mad Bro rematch from uh, the regular season. Obviously, people talk about it as a Super Bowl matchup, but, you know, this is the original was Richard Sherman saying You Mad Bro to uh, Tom Brady. I'm really devastated that my, uh, Michael Bennett's not playing because I really want, wanted this to be the Bennett Bowl where we had Michael Bennett and Martellus Bennett staring down at each other, pushing and shoving and getting into a wrestling match. I think that'd been really fun to watch, but uh, I'm not going to see it, Michael. Uh, Michael. Yes, that's right. Michael Bennett is injured, so I'm getting it mi- mixed up at this point. Sort of a name's Martellus, anyway. Uh, uh, 
They yeah. made it so easy, though. <laughs> it is. The... Michael, such a standard name, Martellus. Yeah, really um, weird and wacky. Uh, and you think, I think Michael is probably the more weird and out there. They are both weird guys, but... The Patriots are twenty three and two at home when Tom Brady's a starter. Seattle are playing on a short week after playing Monday night football and they have to fly across the country. The Patriots are coming off a bye. Everything points to the Pats covering here, except for maybe Cam Chancellor coming back. You know, he's sort of the captain of the Seattle defense and completes that. So that's a huge upgrade on Kelsey McRae, who's been a, a real weak point. So if he was on the field, huge weak point. Yeah, like Tom Brady would have attacked that with a you know a knife and just absolutely surgically just took them apart with that hole. So that's going to be huge for them. But looking at all those factors, it's hard to go past New England at home, right? Yeah. Do you think Trump will turn up? Wait, is he going to go? No. Do you think he'll be there? It could be. It could be a sneaky. Oh, Donald Trump's in the house. Wow. To support his to support his boy Tom Brady, his best friend. That's all they need. That distraction in the crowd. If that happens, if Trump turns up. That'll be a huge boost. Is that your England. is that your uh, is that your disclaimer? If Trump turns up, you take it Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying they'll win by 14. Uh, there you England. go. No, I I don't know. It could hinder them, but yeah, seven point five sucks. It does. Seven point five sucks. But um, Vegas did it right. Uh, Vegas did it. Put it right on that spot on purpose. Really tough. Yeah. I am interested to see. This is. Look, when you look at the Patriots' schedule since Tom Brady's come back, this is the only like tough game on their schedule, really, uh, when you think about it. Uh, this probably is their toughest game, and we'll wait and see how he goes against a proper defense. But I know... If he comes out, though, if he comes out, though, and New England completely roll on the back of a 350-yard performance, Tom Brady goes to the front of the MVP. Yeah, I think so. Although Tyra Taylor played well against Seattle and put up plenty of points but i thought you were sorry we were gonna say tyrod taylor in the in the mvp race and no. i was gonna say mate the love's gone too far no. you've got to <laughs> no right. um yeah no i'm not going that far i love tyrod but not going that far but I, I, I am interested to see how seattle go against the pats defense that ranks 26 in dvoa in past defense also their first game without jamie collins so that's some interesting storylines to watch. But, yeah, I, I can't see – like, I know their def- uh, Seattle's defense is really good, but I can't see them matching up against Gronk and Martellus Bennett and coming away victorious. It's just too hard. All right, moving on. Cincinnati minus one at $1.91. Monday Night Football taking on the Giants plus one at $1.91. This is a really weird game with two really weird up-and-down teams. It's It's really hard to get a feel for this game. Yeah. Um, especially because you just don't know if the Giants are going to be able to continue with what they did against Philly, or there's going to be anything, you know, there's going to be any kind of roll on. Victor Cruz got hurt. I'm not sure. Is, is he out? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I'd have to look that up. But uh, Roger Lewis has been playing pretty good. I actually prefer him over Victor Cruz, to be honest. Uh, I don't yeah, think the I difference mean, is that much. I think, I think that's, a, that's a really good thing for the Giants that they've got someone else now. I mean, I know there's Sterling Shepard, but yep. having that other person as well is good for them moving forward. Give, uh, give me Cincinnati. Even though the Giants won last week, I still think he, Eli just, oh, I don't know. He's so many question marks. He's so hot and cold. It's so weird. Like, the Giants have won and covered three straight games this year against solid teams, the Ravens, Rams, and Eagles. and then, But Cincinnati's two covers this year have been the Browns and then Miami at home, on who had a short week. So 
and then it's Andy Dalton in prime time. I know Andy Dalton's been good this year. Like I, I like Andy Dalton. We've defended him, but I just I don't know. I feel like uh, I don't know how to go with this. I think I'll lean towards the home field advantage and take Eli Manning. But the Eagles put up plenty of yards and like really drove on the Giants' defense. And I feel like you know the Eagles don't have someone like AJ Green who can really beat and take the top off the defense. So I think. That AJ, if they can shut down AJ Green, I think they can stop them. But that's that's such a tough ask. But Eli's got eight touchdowns in the last two games, and OBJ's playing really well. He plays well in, you know, October, November. It seems to be his month. So I'm taking the Giants. But uh, I, you know, getting points at home, I'll I'll take them. And I'm normally high on Cincy, but I just I'm just going off them a little bit. If they can get, if the Bengals can get any form of a run game going, or even a screen game with Bernard. I think they could mm. they could find success. It's, it's tough against Damon Harrison. He's been such a great signing for them. Snacks. No, Harrison. I know that's why. I yeah. think I think teams are being forced to throw it far far more often than they you know they think they um, can against this team. And I think they're um, the Giants are just finding ways to just you know just get those three and outs against uh, a, you know trying to just pigeonhole them into just attacking it through the air. And I mean. Philly couldn't get anything on the ground game going last week and were yep. forced to throw it. And because they weren't throwing it downfield because yep. their offensive line wasn't holding up, it was just, you know, defense straight back out on the field. I think I think um, Cincinnati might have a bit more success on the ground. We'll wait and see how that pans out. All right, it's time for our Locks of the Week. The Wooten Y Lock of the Week, proudly brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. Thanks, Axel. Our William Hill Lock of the Week. Josh, what is your Lock of the Week? Tough week. It is a tough week to pick to pick a lock. Um, I like Kansas City plus three. Yep. Against Carolina, I do like that. I think I'm. I think that's going to be my pick this week. Kansas City plus three. I'm going to take. I hate doing this. I'm going to take the Rams minus plus one and a half. Wow, nice. I'm banking on Jeff Fisher. To, you know the irony I've I've lost on Green Bay, Arizona, and some really weird locks this year. It'd be quite funny that would like finally to get a win up in a while for my lock it would be Jeff Fisher. It just would be sweet. What was that lock last week? Uh, I had Green Bay, and uh, you got yours up. I can't remember what it was though. Sorry. All I know is I reversed that's, that's I reversed right. Jinx that's the Colts, right. so I'll take the small wins there. Um, you know, I'm very selfish. I really don't care about your bets, guys. So, you know, listen to our locks of the week or don't. I don't care. The Colts won, and it's been great. All right, that's the show. There's no Thursday night football nice. game to preview. I haven't forgotten that. Uh, there isn't. I mentioned Luna Bowl tickets at the top of the show. Please buy them. Also, you can find our uh, post now. We're uh, posting our podcast and a little bit of a, a more detailed summary on some of our picks and analysis on a website called fantasystars.com.au. So please check that out. We'll post the links on our uh, Facebook page, The Wooten Y Show, and Twitter at Wooten Y. You can also follow me on Twitter at JYNFL, and you can follow Josh. Et cetera. You broke up there, so I'm going to say it again. Woot, etc. And, yeah, you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Wooshka, and Radio Hub, and TuneIn Radio. Please give us an iTunes review. It helps us uh, build up our brand and get uh, more listens. Thanks, guys. Yeah.